Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, here we go. It's time for the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show on this travel day to Autism One. And I want to thank Jonathan E. Mord for flexing his schedule so we can make sure that we got new updates on what's going on around the body politic of America, the corruption within the government that exists as it is today, and also a little bit about what to do about it. Uh, Jonathan, before we dive into some of the stories we got re- related to the, the raid on, on Trump and everything like that, I just want to acknowledge, you know, since I'm going to the Autism One conference, this is another travesty, maybe an understatement, but it's certain tragedy that our government, and this, this comes back to, we've talked about this, the 1986 act that absolved the manufacturers of vaccines of any you know liability should they injure or kill. And especially since the expansion, you know, in the early nineties, after the 1986 act, autism explodes very rare. And certainly in our age group, going back to our childhood, Jonathan, I don't recall ever in grade school, middle school, high school, ever meeting a kid that would, I, I would look back and go, oh yeah, that was autism. The only one I remember in my years, in my early years in Florida in elementary, early elementary, I remember there was a kid who was, uh, they used to say mentally retarded. Now that's politically incorrect, but it would just describe the condition, uh, a genetic issue. And, and then in the nineties and, and in the two thousands exploded into the scenario where generations of kids have been robbed uh, of their, of their future in a, in a sense, their, their ability to you know, use the army term, be all they could be. And here we are, of course, in the era of COVID where a lot of autism has fallen behind our backs, backstories now because of the COVID jabs and the vascular issues and the death that is ensuing. And I just want to acknowledge, and, and, and as you have seen over the years, the investment in something that is so dangerous and the denial of any relation of cause and effect relationship between vaccines and autism is a scandal of scandals among many that we've witnessed and had to cover. Well, there's it's just part and parcel of this whole government movement to censor uh, free debate uh, concerning uh, issues that they don't like to deal with. I mean, in this case, you've got so many kids who have autism, as you point out, this massive explosion in the number of them since early 2000. And... Uh, no serious effort on the part of of the government to open up the channels of communication and ensure that there is free and protected debate as to the origins of it. I mean, there's some recent information that has come out. I don't know the level of of uh, of validity of it, but I I know it's been uh, spoken about of possible connections even between um, acetaminophen and yeah autism. Um, All of these things need to be explored in detail so that we can get to the answer. And obviously, uh, because of this sudden arrival and this massive explosion Mm -hmm. in the number of kids who have autism, there's something wrong with with, uh, what we're doing. And, you know, you have these, these events that beg the question. I mean, uh, coincidental with, with the rise of autism was the uh, establishment of this massive um, vaccine schedule. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you have kids getting 32, 34, 38, 40 vaccinations uh, in their first a couple of years um, in, in school and, uh, and before. 
And the effect of that is not being measured. I mean, we're, we're not seriously yeah. taking it as, and you know, whether it's autism or whether it's other uh, issues that are related to cognitive function or physical function, mm -hmm. we should be closely scrutinizing adverse events. They should be publicly revealed and the public should be encouraged to, there ought to be scientific inquiry. There ought to be open debate as to yeah. uh, the causality and as to the connections. But when you when you do what the government has done, which is mask it in censorship, you you prolong the agony and destruction of society because you you hinder innovation and you hinder um, uh, the the study of causality. Well, the so discovery of the real threats, as you point out, cause and effect, the relationship, which is the part and parcel of the the, the study of anything that you call scientific endeavor or inquiry. Let's find out why this happens. So you're going to go, well, what caused this effect to occur? And there's a complete denial of that kind of study and discussion. You know, Robert, um, it shouldn't, you know, surprise us that there's this censorship related to autism when you consider that anything that is critical of vaccines uh, is, is just condemned by the stalwarts in defense of public health and vaccination. I mean, they just look at you like you're out of your mind if you raise any medical question whatsoever, even in the face of adverse reactions, they deny the reactions are causally connected. They insist that while there may be some adverse reactions, they're they're extraordinarily limited. And yet, you know, they're not they're not revealing to us the full extent of injury. Further, they're they're dissuading physicians from reporting injury. They're even dissuading physicians from recognizing any abnormality following vaccination as something that needs to be taken seriously. I mean, you've got people who, after their kids are given a vaccination, their kids start going into convulsions or, or have raging fevers and yeah. they're toddlers or babies. Um, that's a, a, a very, very serious issue and I wonder how many pediatricians in this country just tell the pa parents, as has been said to me many times by parents, mm -hmm. that, oh, when I got my child vaccinated, yeah, he had a fever, yeah, he, he had convulsions, or yeah, he was acting strangely or lost uh, use of his limbs. Um, and they said, well, the doctor just said that's one of the many ordinary uh, reactions that occur to the vaccine, it'll disappear in 24 to 48 hours. Uh, only to find out that their child now suffers, you know, a permanent injury. Um, so uh, this is for far, far too long uh, been brushed under the rug. And people, I mean, the, the victims out there are, are just, I mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands of people who've been victimized by this. Hundreds of thousands easily. And of course, you know, when I go to the Autism One conferences, I'm heading there today, it is a heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching reality. When you see, because some of these families will bring their kids, it's become, you know, a place where um, not only from a scientific and medical perspective where we share information, but the families, the parents sharing, you know, their journey to help others that are on this journey. Unfortunately, you know, they uncovered it too late. Uh, so much of the censorship issue relates to this as we've seen manifest in COVID because, You've been fighting censorship issues for years in the courts. I've been pointing it out on this show for two decades plus, and many didn't realize that freedom of speech was under assault long before 
COVID came out and there were doctors that were willing to say, hey, you know, there's something wrong with the COVID jab, something wrong with everything about this. And I, and I think about, um, you know, sometimes people say, well, no, it doesn't affect me, so I won't even bother. Like the times we talk about dietary supplements and good sound science showing it can prevent and reverse quote unquote disease, yet no allowance for even referencing it if you manufacture, distribute, or sell said products. I mean, I have been able to be very outspoken about these scientific uh, realities only because I don't sell anything. So for them to come after me, it would be a a little bit of a difficult task on the First Amendment grounds. Yet in the era of uh, soft and uh, non-governmental censorship that was really governmental instigated uh, under COVID, even if I wasn't selling a product, which I'm not, and I talked about the discrepancies in the science about what COVID is or the vaccines that are not vaccines, et cetera, we would be censored not on the basis of commercial speech issues like you've dealt with in the courts, but simply some nebulous definition of public health threats. You're spreading disinformation, misinformation. I think this was born of people looking the other way or not being aware of all the censorship that was occurring prior to COVID. Do you think there's a relationship at all there? Before there was big tech collusion with the Congress and the administration, Biden administration, particularly the Alex Berenson situation is quite a revelation and indicative of the degree to which uh, the Biden administration has uh, been influencing the conduct of big tech to serve as its agent and in censoring information about COVID. Before there was this big tech government collusion, there was big pharma FDA co- uh, collusion to engage in censorship. So mm-hmm. the censorship that we see now from big tech and, and, uh, and the administration uh, had a long history before it of pharma working with the FDA to censor information about many things, not not only vaccines, but as you're pointing about out about uh, nutrient disease relationships that form the basis of so many suits that I brought against the government on censorship. Yeah. So it's it, it, we are suffering a a uh, a real loss in the quality, quantity and uh, and availability of debate and scientific information in the marketplace accessible to people if more people had access to this science and to uh, information about potential threats, mm-hmm. they could make informed choices and they would be able to exercise their discretion in a better way. And a lot of the harms, I think, would be dissipated because mm-hmm. it's like anything else. I mean, if, if, if say I, I am a local government and let's say there is a toxic waste area that leaches into a public um, uh, um, lake that is used in part for drinking water. I mean, we have these types of things that have happened in our past where they become aware of it. They're embarrassed by their absence of activity. And this happened in Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and so they censor it. And then you have decades of people who consume the water, unbeknownst to them, containing the contaminants only to suffer cancers and other life-threatening illnesses that are that are originate with the toxins that they consume. If we got out of this business of censorship, followed the founding fathers' intent on the First Amendment, mm-hmm. and had the information disseminated as soon as it was made, uh, we were made aware of it. We would have the kind of freedom that that the founding fathers expected us to have, and we'd be able to 
chain modify our behavior. That's the thing. When they do this censorship, we don't have the choice of modifying our behavior because we simply don't know the risks. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting, Jonathan, you, you bring that up. And I think about uh, the archetypes that have been thrown out, thrown about through our mainstream leftist media. They would say, Jonathan E. Moore is more of a conservative guy, a libertarian guy, probably pro big business. He would never want that company to be held account for the toxic waste that leaked into a lake. You know, that's the idea, even how even how false it is. But I think it's an important discussion to have because the, you find that the EPA, a bureaucratic oligarchy, you know, uh, incarnate, if you will, captured by those industries that tend to pollute in this case, like we talk about FDA in terms of drugs and things. And yet it pr it protects the polluters in this case against the people who would be harmed. Not only they don't know about it, but if they find out about it, they can't go after often the direct uh, company. The EPA says, no, we regulate that. And it makes it near difficult to impossible to uh, resolve in a common law kind of context where there is truly a harm that has occurred and that responsibility must be uh, accepted. And in the courts, that's where it was adjudicated appropriately. But it's been so colluded or let's say clouded and made it near impossible for the average folks that are being poisoned by something like that, an event you described, where there is no justice in terms of the environment. And yet the environmentalists that don't understand this will say, no, 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 we need to strengthen the EPA. We need to give them more billions of dollars to do their job. Yet they've been captured just as the FDA has been. I think. Uh, you know, I'm trying to give a, a nuanced discussion here about how we are not anti-environment because we're conservative and libertarian. That's wrong, completely wrong. Well, we believe strongly in individual liberty and we believe in free enterprise, but that doesn't mean that we believe in that uh, people who commit torts or mm -hmm. commit uh, acts of violence against others should be able to say that they're exercising their liberty. That's licentiousness. But it's 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 a violation of the very same precepts that uh, Locke and Jefferson and all the founding fathers were 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 well educated in. And that is to say that liberty is not the freedom to violate someone else's rights. Your liberty ends when someone else's rights begin and you cannot use your liberty to deny them their rights. It's precisely this denial of rights that is happening with the government when it, when it sides with industry. And it pollutes industry. It destroys the integrity of industry when you have this kind of big tech government collusion or FDA, a big pharma collusion that has been going on for so, so long. And the solution to it is the rule of law. It's to simply recognize as the common law did mm -hmm. that if, if, I can play baseball and I can swing a bat at a ball, but if I choose in my furor over losing to run over and bonk you on the head, I've just committed a tort. It's not that I'm playing baseball anymore. Mm -hmm. The problem with uh, the current Democrat party is that it seems to be completely oblivious to crimes committed by those who are Marxists and are on the far left. So when Antifa and BLM burn people's buildings down and assault people, <clears throat> murder people and uh, steal their property, that's variously described as something that's appropriate uh, because these people deserve it. They've been discriminating against the poor people on one side or the other historically, or just because their color is one color or another, they ought to deserve it. This is, this is totalitarianism. This is authoritarianism. Right. This is the idea the Bolshevik revolution was founded upon. I mean, this notion that you can violate people's rights because of a political ideology 
which is antithetical to the notion of equal justice under law that is the underpinning of all freedom that is protected in this country by the Constitution. So they hate the Constitution and they want a society where certain people are quote unquote free so long as they do their bidding, yeah. they adhere to the ideology. But anybody else who dissents from it is going to be censored or is going to be doxxed or is going to be uh, uh, violated, murdered. They're going to they're going to you be- learn that uh, some animals are more equal than others. <clears throat> right. It's the old animal farm situation yeah. all over again. I, I, I think um, Americans are very strongly on to this. And I think uh, the rebuke of Liz Cheney by Wyoming citizens is kind of indicative of just how angry the American people are who value liberty in this country. They're willing to come out and vote in mass and they're willing to do what is necessary to save the country. So I'm sanguine about the prospects um, of in 2022 of uh, Republicans taking over the House. Mm-hmm. I hope it also happens in the Senate and in May. And they're certainly doing nothing to minimize that on the other side. They, they're completely politically tone deaf. And people think, well, they're, they're oblivious. They're not actually oblivious. They're, mm-hmm. they're cognizant that they're attacking Americans, that they're attacking citizens of this country and sub- subjecting them to all manner of assaults. They want mm-hmm. to destroy free enterprise and have a government-controlled economy. They're willing to accept the wrath of people. So they just passed this obnoxious uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is nothing more than a mass. It has oh, nothing yeah. to do with inflation at all. It's, it's actually causing inflation. And uh, so they're dumping another $433 billion into the economy, upwards of $700 billion, to tell the truth, $733 billion. Um, and that's obviously going to fuel inflation. Then when you have the gas tax, the crude oil tax they're imposing, it's going to increase gas prices. Then when you have the Green New Deal aspects of this, it's going to further uh, destroy the fossil fuel industry. It's going to further increase uh, government forced reliance on wind and solar and massive, massive, massive wealth transfers from this country to our worst enemy in the world, communist China, which is the primary maker of the wind and solar Mm -hmm. we're buying. We're buying China's material. China's buying up land to get a double uh, whammy here. They know that the administration is going to put literally states worth of land into. into How many uh, how many Republicans actually voted for this in the House and the Senate, this Inflammation Reduction Act nonsense? No Republicans voted for it. Okay. all the Democrats voted for it, including Manchin and Cinema, and mm-hmm. and as a result, they had a 50-50 uh, tie in the Senate, and it took the vice president to vote in favor of it. So the president signed it. It's now the law, and it's an absolute abomination. When you watch over the next several weeks and months, uh, the price of consumer goods going up, and the price of gasoline going back up, and the availability of gas diminishing, and so costs increasing on gas and oil you should remember this bill. Now, they point out that there are some provisions in this bill that they say are favorable, where licensing rights are being made available on the Gulf Coast that were held up, uh, and so they're they're supposedly going to be making them available. The problem with this is that you're talking about a, a minuscule opening that's done through political favoritism, mm-hmm. uh, 
to a problem that requires a massive response. In other words, to bring down gas and oil prices in this country and to bring them down in Europe as well by supplying through liquefied natural gas, gas from the United States to Europe, requires that we have a, a, a whole market uh, liberation to allow production of oil and gas and to force the EPA back into a hole so that we can actually save this country by diminishing the price of gas and by also enabling us to, to become the primary uh, market supplier to Europe. And this whole climate change agenda is absurd in the extreme, even if, it, even if the science had integrity. You would, uh, we would be dead by now, according to AOC. But even if the, even if the science had integrity, uh, you would be a fool because you're giving uh, carte blanche to the Chinese to pollute without any restrictions whatsoever and to replace us, both the Russians and the Chinese, in, in the market. So you're destroying the American marketplace on the prospect of having no difference whatsoever in the overall environmental impact. Because mm -hmm. as we dis disappear, China and Russia expand yeah, in this exactly. way. Yeah. And this if they had their way, of course, China, like, man. yeah, China, like Gates would uh, uh, take over all our farmland and yeah. they wouldn't produce food for the American people. Uh, it would well, be they're doing that already. I mean, yeah. the Chinese have a massive campaign underway in the Biden administration to buy up land in this country and they're doing it. And, and that's a twofold reason. One is, they recognize that the Biden administration is, is going to go down the path that Europe went down in utter disaster, which is to shift to wind and solar, which has bankrupted much many parts of Europe and is actually uh, uh, provoking a revolution, essentially. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at the farm protests in Europe, you look at the, the, the people are absolutely livid because their whole lives are, are being uprooted and destroyed mm -hmm. on the backs of this idea that climate change is the is the end-all be-all political philosophy. We will destroy the market. We will destroy your lives. We will have you live in a cave. We will not even allow you to have a cow uh, in order to create zero carbon emissions. And for what? Uh, when the overall level of carbon pollution increases year after year after year after year because China and Russia and mm -hmm. other communist states and other states of the world in the third world are, are polluting like mad. So we're gonna commit economic suicide under the Biden program uh, because we think that it's good to commit economic suicide on the cross of- Environmentalism uh, or Green New Deal. Uh, and of course, if we were to try and buy land in China, that wouldn't go over well at all. In fact, they wouldn't let it happen. So we have 92,000 people in this country who are Chinese citizens who are under an order from the Chinese government to commit espionage here. Mm -hmm. Consistently. And we have, we have yeah. some 17,000 Americans in China. Is there something going on here? 92,000 people here, 17,000 Americans there. And we have virtually no restrictions on those 92,000 uh, Chinese nationals that are in the United States. And they are under an obligation from the Ministry of State Secrets in China to engage in espionage to mm -hmm. supply the Chinese government and military with information about our technology, about our military secrets, 
and you have a Biden administration that has only concern about Donald Trump having uh, classified information, apparently. They couldn't care less about the sieve that they've created through the private sector and the public sector for China to gather all that information. All in the fact, secrets, yeah. They're not only giving them all the information, they're giving them the American economy. They're paying federal dollars, massive amounts to China. They're selling China out of the petroleum reserve, the, the National Petroleum Reserve, billions of, of uh, barrels of, of, of oil to China. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, a, this is an administration that is a Manchurian administration. They are doing the bidding for China. And why? Well, perhaps uh, Hunter Biden's uh, over $4.8 million receipt from the Chinese communists uh, helps explain that. Jonathan, as you talk about this, I mean, what do I feel emotionally? I mean, honestly, rage comes up. And, 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 you know, the, the righteous anger of like, how would you knowingly and willingly throw away everything about this country, the foundations in freedom, uh, the destruction of its economy, the corruption of the government from, a, you know, a Republican form to a socialist communist form. And, and yet I think that some of the play on, on behalf of the Biden administration and the Democrats that want to control it as a globalist, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, takeover is to facilitate and elicit the rage. And I think they really are trying to get somebody to pull a trigger, to somebody to go, I'm going to now engage in violence because I'm so angry and I see no remedy other than that. And I don't feel like that the voting is legitimate. Yeah. And, I, and, I, I, and right. you and I are not advocating, just so you, everybody's clear, we are not advocating violence. Uh, but defensive liberty, of course, we understand that. You know, that's why the Second Amendment was written. But the idea here is to enrage people to say that there is no possible political or other solution that you're left with the resorting to, which they're playing out in a script to say, see, we told you those right wing libertarian people, they're just, you know, supremacists. They want to kill, you know, on and on. You could see this playing out. And, you know, our buddy Mike Adams has been saying, please don't engage in that violence. It's it's a trap. And and, you know, all of this is so obvious, but I'm just saying the emotions are real. So this is the mass betrayal uh, of the founding generation of our principles, the founding principles that have established liberty as the centerpiece of our nation. You have a president, you have an administration that has betrayed all of those principles, all of those values, even basic values of defense of American life, beginning with the ignominious retreat from Afghanistan, that the abandonment of American citizens, the refusal to, rec to rescue them, uh, the idiocy of pulling out the military when there were hundreds and hundreds of Americans and tens of thousands of allies left stranded there by the American uh, government. And uh, this betrayal has has been borne out over and over again, whether it's open borders allowing fentanyl from China to just pour into this country to make death from fentanyl overdose the number one cause of death for everyone 18 to 45 in this country. Absolutely astounding statistic. Uh, and then in addition, uh, their, their destruction of the economy, the breaking the fossil fuel backbone of the economy, fully cognizant that this would cause inflation, celebrating inflation as a way of, of causing people to become dependents on government uh, and looking at the expansion of government. Your point that a lot of these radicals who are in the administration yeah. uh, and who have been in the deep state and the administrative agencies are salivating at the prospect of they're baiting it to the point where yeah. 
people will, in, in exasperation because of the forced, enforced poverty, because of the gas prices, their inability to go to work, all of these things uh, and the mandates and all of it combined, creating a degree of frustration that makes a powder keg moment where suddenly there's an explosion and we have a, a, a riot. And then you they see, justify what martial law, UN you, troops coming in. I mean, what, what you've seen them coddle with no uh, serious police response, Antifa and BLM month after month after month with them destroying pro property, destroying public property. Uh, to Nancy Pelosi's uh, words, uh, people will do what they'll do, and and they completely do not stand for the rule of law. They do not say this is illegal. We must act against it. They do not send the police out to arrest them. They do. They disarm the police. They disarm all measures to protect property, life, and liberty. And and they and they and they were looking at that as a means to achieve revolution. Well, now they're on to another way of achieving revolution, which is to destroy everything we value, to make it so impossible because you have open borders. Two hundred thousand uh, get uh, uh, individuals tracked. Numerous others not. Uh, probably equal to that number, coming across the border from all countries of the world uh, in the month of July. Massive amounts of drugs, terrorists coming across the border month after month after month, uh, 66 in July, I think it was estimated. And, and then you have, uh, you know, nothing being done by the government of the United States to protect our southern border, an open invitation to our enemies to come in and destroy this country. All right, uh, that is causing people along the borders and all throughout the country to witness massive increase in gang-related violence and crime. And then they're disarming the police. They're destroying the economy. They're causing inflation. They're doing nothing about it. They lie to us. They pass uh, in the Inflation Reduction Act, which actually is an Inflation Increase Act. Uh, and, and, you know, it, this is all ruinous. Why? Would, would people of intelligence, I don't want to give them too much credit, no. but they're at least cognizant that these actions will have very dire mm -hmm. effects. In fact, will be destructive of the entire country. That is provoking, as you're pointing out, revolution. Yeah. And well, they want, now what, yeah. what happens, what happens, sorry, if, if, if middle-class people start uh, rising up, mm -hmm. which is what they would like to see, I think, some of these people on the far left, yeah. Then what you'll see is a twofold response. You'll see a, what you never saw with Antifa and BLM. You'll see a very severe police response. You'll see the National Guard. I mean, look. They'll uh, militarize the, the police. Yeah, you're right. Of D.C. is already calling for the National Guard uh, to fend off the buses coming from Texas of illegal aliens. Uh, when it comes to your own backyard, I guess there's a real sensitivity yeah. to that. But see how quickly they would use the National Guard to go against uh, mm -hmm. the middle class rising up or yeah. anything like that. Jonathan, and, you know, this is the problem. Yeah, I, I don't like the two-party system. It's what we have, unfortunately. I, I think I, I was talking with someone from Australia yesterday for a program coming up. And, you know, one of her things is like, it, it wouldn't be nice if we abolished all parties and you had to vote for people based on what they actually believe or what they do. And, and I realize the simplicity of saying Democrats bad, Republicans good or vice versa, but it's been played against us for so long. And we've seen party politics, the machine at the top of both parties being becoming so corrupt that the good people within 
you know, I would say right now the Republican Party often hit a wall in their attempts to make these genuine changes that we're discussing. And we've also talked about new people coming in to transform it, to make it better and to do right. I, and I, I try to find the silver lining in places here. And, and, you know, sometimes it takes the tragedy, the loss of life for people to finally wake up and say, hey, yeah, this is serious. I can no longer pretend it's not impacting me and I can do not. I, 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 I don't need to do anything. Sideline of good news here. Uh, maybe a little bit of good news on the on the Cheney front. Talk about Liz Cheney losing uh, producers of that reality TV show are confirming that Liz Cheney will not be back for season two of January 6th hearings. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a Babylon B article. I had to lighten it up just a little bit here, but um, you know, that's a good sign. What happened in Wyoming, honestly, that Liz Cheney is not going back in. I mean, she's absolutely a disaster and uh, they've got, I think a more, a Trump aligned type Republican. Uh, more uh, love America Republican in reality uh, going in uh, to run in that case. That's good news, I think. Uh, and, you know, despite a lot of things that are bad that are happening, there are good things occurring. And I, and I want to focus a little bit about that just for a moment as well to say thanks to you, Jonathan, of course, doing a lot of great work. We have uh, you always linked up here in the show notes. And uh, you, let me just show, I can go ahead and show everybody because you don't go here, but Hopefully you'll never need Jonathan E. Mord services, but if you did, he's got a rock and amazing team. And I've met many of them. They're amazing in taking on constitutional issues uh, in the various states and at the federal level. And the website emord.com will get you there. And this is something that if you if you ever, you know, had questions about the, let's say, the principles of Emord and Associates based on Jonathan E. Mord, you're like, man, just come to the Health Freedom Expo and witness that. And that's going to be happening October 15th and 16th, a Saturday, Sunday, just outside of Chicago, far enough that I feel good about going still. Tinley Park uh, at the convention center there. And Jonathan and I and many others uh, you know, devoted to defending health freedom, healing liberty, uh, the principles upon which this nation founded. We'll come together and enjoy our time. We'll educate each other. Uh, We'll have a lot of social time in the midst of it just to chat and, and get to know one another. It's just a unique opportunity every year that we love. And, you know, it was suspended a couple of years because of the COVID craziness, but now it's back again. And last year was sensational. I hope to see you there. And also, you know, some other events I want to uh, let you know about, too. In the upcoming events tab at the Robert Scott Bell Show website, um, the, uh, this weekend I'm heading there today to the autism one in Arizona. I mentioned that a lot of good people, a lot of friends, some of which actually go every year as well to the health freedom expo. And I'd love to see you there this weekend. And in fact, I'm looking at the weather. I'm excited because it's going to be in like the nineties and the eighties, which is unprecedented in August in Phoenix. <laughs> so it won't be so bad. You won't burn to a crisp, even though we'll be indoors most of the time. So that's really cool coming up as far as upcoming events. Uh, and, uh, as I said, there are so many things I want to tell you about. I want to say thanks as well, uh, to our friends at, uh, orange guard. We talk about toxic pesticides. We mentioned about, you know, poisoning the environment. None of us are for that, but you know what? There are options for pest management that even in organic agriculture, you can use delimiting the distillate from the orange peel. God created that. And I've, in fact, it works against ants and roaches and little things you don't like, and it won't harm your little kitty cats or doggies. It won't harm your kids. You can spray it around, uh, you know, organic agriculture like I do. You see in my greenhouse there with Orange Guard, orangeguard.com. So I appreciate that. And, you know, those folks have great integrity in in standing up to do the right thing, even though they the guy that did this is kind of a hippie guy. He's a he's a nice man. And he, he went all the way up the the. the 
the lines to the um, the EPA to actually get that delimonene registered as a pesticide. I'm like, I don't know how the guy did it, but it was a back in the 90s, I think, before they got as corrupt as they are, even though they were bad then. I don't think he could get away with it today, but I'm glad that he did. So, Jonathan, I just wanted to make a few announcements for everybody, and I'm really thrilled, of course, as always, every year when we get together at the Health Freedom Expo. Yep, it's a blast, Robert, and we have a good time, and we have uh, a lot of people that are giving out information and get nowhere else. And so anyone who really is serious about liberty ought to be there. If you yep. really want to find out about health freedom, that's the place to go. Yeah, and this is the thing. Getting together is the thing that, guess what? What I call the bad guys don't want us to do. Why the shutdowns? Why the lockdowns? Because in the middle of COVID, a lot of people were clearly thinking, and you never heard from them. They tried to keep you isolated from them. Even if you were thinking clearly, you're like, I'm, am I the only one? And it was only by getting together. And we had pretty impromptu kind of organic meetings. Neighbors would come together and we'd meet and groups would come in. And we would look at each other and go, you're not afraid? No, I'm not afraid. You're afraid? No, I'm not afraid. And suddenly it like strengthened our resolve coming together and, and coming together in worship. I'm seeing some amazing things happen too. Uh, lawsuits uh, on, you know, even in California. Did you see this? Yeah. All the fines that now they have to return them. So yeah. there's some As stuff happening. Say turnabout is fair play. Mm -hmm. I'm encouraged by that. Now, the DOJ, I'm not encouraged about the Department of Justice under Biden and Very the FBI corrupt as, as you can get. And you have an article that recently came out in town hall. Let me just show that real quick. It's uh, the DOJ is scrambling apparently to find non-existent evidence of intent. What is the basis of this article? What are you describing? This is about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. So we saw the warrant, although we didn't see the affidavit attached and uh, Trump's trying to get that affidavit released, which would give us a lot more information. Uh, but uh, the, the warrant itself it revealed a couple of important things. First of all, it revealed that the uh, that the that the that the scope of the warrant was grossly overbroad and allowing essentially the FBI to rove about the camp, the uh, compound and obtain any bits of information, regardless of what it was. I mean, it's so broadly worded that it plainly violated the Fourth Amendment. Fourth Amendment. Uh, requires that you you particularly describe the place to be searched and the things to be seized. So you need to have a narrow identification of the location and then uh, precisely what it was that you were going after. So this has begged the question for many, is this really just a roving general warrant that was used to try to get anything possible that could be used by the January 6th committee or that could be used to fill in an enormous gap in the evidence that they're experiencing uh, in their grand jury proceeding. Uh, anybody can indict a person with a grand jury. I fully expect them to try to indict Donald Trump at the grand jury, may well succeed in that regard. But proving a case in court is quite another matter. This uh, warrant should have never been issued. It violated the Fourth Amendment from the get-go. Uh, if you didn't have a conflicted judge like uh, Reinhardt is, uh, you would be having someone, I think, who would, who was seasoned asking serious questions about why is this so broad? This is unprecedented. You were having a uh, a, a volitional relationship with a, a subpoena that he supplied information in response before. Why can't you use a subpoena instead of a warrant? Why is a warrant essential here? You would go through a whole bunch of questions. I don't know that that was done at all. 
and certainly you would never sign this warrant. All right. Probable cause didn't even exist. So you have to have probable cause to issue a warrant. What is probable cause? Probable cause is a reasonable suspicion that crime is happening or has happened. And you're, you, that you, there's criminal evidence there. Well, the only statutes cited by DOJ are ones that don't apply because they don't have evidence of intent in the first instance. If I were the judge sitting there, I'd say, well, how do you, you say these, uh, these, there's acts, there are acts of criminality under article two of the constitution, the president of the United States as commander in chief has the inherent power to declare or not anything classified or declassified. That's his inherent power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're saying these are classified. Well, if there's a dispute as to that, then you don't have a, a reasonable basis to proceed because the president has executive privilege. The president has undoubted Article II powers. I want to hear from the president's counsel. Why don't you proceed by a subpoena? Why don't you get the pre- inform the president's counsel? And if you can't agree among yourselves, come before me. Uh, the Presidential Records Act is civil. But when it comes to the cr- crimes they have, they have 18 U.S.C. Section 2071, which is the big one that they really want because that one would disallow a person from running for elective office. Big problem they have. It doesn't apply to the president. That section that they cite in the warrant uh, does not apply to the president of the United States. It applies in instances where documents are filed with a court, with an administrative agency, or even with the Congress. But it doesn't apply to the president. And the documents here in issue were not filed. They were documents that were relied upon by the president in the ordinary course of doing his executive duties as president. So they don't, that section does not apply. And that, that's the big one they want. In addition, the Espionage Act section here doesn't apply. And by the way, even if that one did apply, you'd have to prove specific criminal intent. Essentially, you'd have to show the president himself admitted that he uh, intended to conceal or remove or destroy or mutilate uh, specific federal records. And that's why he took them out of the White House, to destroy them or secret them. There's no, there's ample contrary proof of, uh, against that, but there's no proof to support that intent. In addition, under the Espionage Act, you'd have to show that he removed or misused information related to the national defense, again, with a specific intent to do that to keep from the government certain information related to the national defense or to uh, destroy it or to do something uh, where it wouldn't be available. There's no proof to support that specific intent on the president's part. You can't even say the president was involved in selecting or in packaging any of the materials that were removed because that was done by underlings, not by the president. Then you have, in addition, 18 U.S.C. Section 1519 totally doesn't apply because that would involve an effort to cover up records to obstruct a federal investigation. Well, no one here had, uh, the very warrant itself is a revelation that they knew he had certain documents. This isn't a situation where he stole documents or secreted them. He He was in open communication with the National Archives. He had invited them in they didn't have to, to get a warrant to come in. They'd gone through all the documents. They even put ordered him to put a padlock on the room where the documents were held, and they were negotiating the remaining documents to be supplied. He already supplied 15 boxes of documents before they took another 30 in their raid. Then you've got the problem of the execution of this thing, which violates the Fourth Amendment, which is they sent in over two dozen agents into his house, numerous agents around the compound, 
and they ran, ransacked through everything. Well, if, it, if it's a document issue, you would send two agents maybe. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't send 24. He's not objecting. Right. He's not he's not he didn't have a, a, a military force that needed to be overcome in order to get in. All they had to do is knock on the door. They didn't even need a warrant. They could have knocked on the door and said, hey, we're here to pick up the yeah. rest of the documents. Well, Jonathan, the question is then what can President Trump and his legal team do in response to this? Because we know their intent. They just desperate to, to prevent him from running for president again. Uh, what strategy would you uh, in, uh, take in this case in response to this? Well, I think he's done exactly the right thing so far in that he has made it highly public. Uh, and he's trying to get this uh, affidavit released because once that's relieved, released, you're mm -hmm. going to be able to poke all kinds of holes in this thing because you're going to have somebody who's no doubt an anti-Trumper who they're using as a informant uh, who either didn't have access to the information to make the statements that he made or she made or did have that access and is mischaracterizing what happened. We already know from a whole host of people who have come forward that the president of the United States was not directly involved with assembling these materials, moving them to Mar-a-Lago and did nothing when he was there to obstruct the federal government from having access to it. It is typical with presidency of the United States in the modern era for them when they leave the White House to inadvertently or otherwise take documents. You've got 33 million uh, pages of documents that Obama took out of the White House, for example. And the way the National Archives worked uh, was to say, hey, look, certain of these documents are classified. We need them back. Other documents we want back. And ordinarily, presidents have uh, cooperated and there's been no problem. There's no proof that, that uh, Trump was not cooperating. Mm -hmm. and, and furthermore, even if he wasn't cooperating, because of executive powers that existed while he was president, those particular documents need to be addressed in a court of law as to the disposition of them if there is a dispute with both sides having a full and fair opportunity to participate. You don't use this unprecedented raid on a president's home, which was designed, I think, uh, to create this cloud of suspicion over his head to continue the kind of... Uh, abuse of power and and torture mm -hmm. of our president that has been going on since he first became uh, went down the golden uh, escalator i mean you've got all these false charges brought you have secrets that are alleged you have uh, adam schiff coming out saying i've got the real evidence even though the evidence in the skiff that he supposedly had the real evidence ended up not being real at all mm -hmm. and he was lying to us they lied to us over and over and over again the intelligence community did mm -hmm. the lied uh, uh, Brennan lied. I mean, all of them who are participants in this whole thing, even up to Obama and Biden himself, mm -hmm. were engaged in this politicization of the Justice Department to attack a political opponent. Do we have any reason to believe that has stopped? The key people involved are still influencing and are still involved and are still running the show at Justice and at FBI. Why would we think that there would be any different approach here? Uh, we have every reason to be doubtful, suspect that there's a, a real uh, crime afoot. Furthermore, mm -hmm. it's a long history at D DOJ never to bring these types of actions before an election. Here they bring it on the eve of the midterms, and they also are, uh, know that any it's imminent that uh, Donald Trump will announce his candidacy for presidency. They don't want him to become president again. They never mm -hmm. wanted him to be president. Even when he was president, they wanted to have a coup and remove him. This is the destruction of the rule of law in America. This is a politicization. This is abuse. Yeah. Power. 
And really, uh, if we don't get a hold on this and, and route out these people who are involved in these activities from justice and from uh, FBI, we are in very serious trouble. This yeah. looks like a puppet government in a third world country. Well, and that, that, as I said, to elicit perhaps a violent uprising that they would then call on the international community, the UN to come in and to squash or militarize the police, despite, you know, riots of uh, BLM or otherwise being left alone. Uh, if we're actually applying for a legitimate constitutional governance and limitations on the power of, of those in government, then they would call us the terrorists for that. Uh, it, you know, it's a disgusting scenario we find ourselves in. And I, I'm prayerful that we can find our way through this and regain and restore the limited government that our founders had left to us. I know we're so far beyond that now that some people say it's impossible, but I found out the impossible only takes a little bit longer than other things. <laughs> and I don't tend, tend to accept that impossible uh, definition, if you will, by their The American ship is turning. It took a severe left turn towards socialism and communism. And, and it was barreling ahead and is barreling ahead in that direction under the Biden administration. But when uh, the midterms happen, when the election in 2024 happens, I'm hopeful, I'm even confident that the American people are going to say we are not socialists. We are not going to live in the kind of abyss of socialism, of mass poverty mm -hmm. and of total, uh, government control. We're not going there. We're going back to those things that our prosperity is based upon, our greatness, and, and our family's health and welfare is based on. And that is freedom. That is a society in which government is severely limited, in which government is understood to be an evil, mm -hmm. in which government is not the solution to our problems, but is understood to be the, problem. the problem. Yeah, as, we're, as President Reagan, Reagan said that. And I, I think how absurd it is you've got uh, spokespeople for the FBI appearing on CNN and MSNBC crying, oh my gosh, the American people are saying bad things about us. It's like, you should be hopeful yeah. that that's all they do because you you know, you know become a criminal organization uh, so corrupted, so beyond the limitations of a constitution that you, you, you want to be able to get away with everything. That's why you're crying about it. By the way, uh, there's a fact check article at Breitbart. I think it's rather interesting. And uh, Let's see if I can pull it up here. It says Joe Biden falsely claims working and middle class will not pay a penny more as a result of IRS audits. Like, you know, what do you think they're going to do? Hiring 87,000 new IRS agents and with, uh, you know, as part of the things they say, be willing to carry a weapon and use deadly force in, in the engagement of your uh, duties. And and since when has they have they ever told the truth? Oh, yeah, this will only impact people making over four hundred thousand dollars a year. This is not what the uh, the IRS goes after. They go after the people that can't defend themselves. And it should further delegitimize this collection agency as a collection agency, not really legitimately for a de jure uh, United States, but a de facto corporate uh, government that no longer serves the people and is looking to become more globalist by the day by bankrupting the people, either through inflation or the theft through uh, unlawful taxation that is part of the uh, pl key planks of the Communist Manifesto, the income tax. It's knock, knock, knock. Trust me, I'm from the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't believe a word Joe Biden says. Does anyone in the United States believe a word Joe Biden says anymore? Yeah. Why would you believe what Joe Biden says? He's lied to you so many times. Why would you believe anything that comes out of that man's mouth? He has he has discredited himself. He has no integrity, none, zero. Mm -hmm. You would not look. I mean, 
Can you imagine relying on what Joe Biden says? If you yeah. rely on what Joe Biden says, you would have made so many life-threatening mistakes over the last... You wouldn't, you wouldn't leave Joe Biden alone with your kids. No I mean, way. Certainly not. Uh, and, and you know, when it comes to uh, integrity in government, there ain't none. I mean, if you had integrity and you worked for Joe Biden, you would resign. If you had integrity and you worked at the Food and Drug Administration, you would resign. If you had integrity and you worked at the FBI, you would resign. Uh, if you had integrity and you worked at the Justice Department, you would resign. Why? Because the leadership of all of those things is so doggone corrupt. And we haven't had the cleaning of government that is essential in order for us to trust that government is restricted. Remember, mm -hmm. it was it was Jefferson's words with regard to the Constitution and government uh, men and measures that they must be bound down by the chains of the Constitution. It was not a trusting relationship that Jefferson and the founding fathers had with government. They viewed government as inherently capable of being abused and, and excesses mm -hmm. to be the norm. And they therefore said, that a government has to be restricted. And they created a constitution that limited the role of the government and they created doctrines that prevented the government from exceeding those limits. And yet they still warned us that the day would come when people would abuse power. And indeed it was Jefferson in discussing with Madison the Bill of Rights when Madison had taken the Federalist position, which was articulated by John Jay that the Constitution itself was a Bill of Rights. The Constitution itself would protect us because the power given to violate rights, the power to violate rights was not given. Mm -hmm. and, and Jefferson said, ah, but there are abuses that come when people in power will always use government to amass more power at yeah. the expense of individual rights. So therefore, it could only have a salutary effect to add a Bill of Rights to the Constitution, I, Jefferson, am for it. And he helped persuade Madison to go down that road. And of course, Madison introduced the Bill of Rights in the first Congress. But the point here is, don't trust, don't, don't think we're going to ever reach a point where you can trust government. But we, we have to realize with skepticism, which we ought to have, which was the intention of the First Amendment in major part, to check government. Mm -hmm and have an electorate check the power of government, we must rue the day when when we accept pablum out of mm -hmm. the government like came from Merrick Garland the other day, that, oh, we would only follow the law. Oh, we did the least restrictive thing, we least intrusive thing when we, when we mm -hmm. raided this house with a full armada of FBI agents. We aren't fools, we're Americans. And as Americans, we should understand that at the root of being an American is a skepticism about government. We yeah. want liberty. And if you want liberty, you have to be skeptical about government. And they owe us an answer. We are supposed to be sovereign. They're supposed to be our servant. Amen. And including requests like this from Walensky and the CDC as they announced sweeping reorganization aimed at changing the agency's culture and restoring public trust. All they want. Send us more money. Hey, give us new powers to force the states to share information with us, right? Where's federalism? Out the window with that. The CDC is so corrupt. The FDA is so corrupt. Reorganization? Mm -mm. How about elimination? 
How about sending those duties back to the states? How about a separation of medicine and state? As we've seen, the agencies have been captured by these uh, entities that profit significantly over our ignorance, our forced ignorance of the reality that, as I say, the power to heal is yours, it's mine, it's ours, it's not theirs. And that collectivism is a great evil foisted upon us to convince us that we are a group and we get our rights by membership in that group and that viruses or whatever they want to say are going to kill us unless we give up those rights as individuals to a group dynamic that always results in a diminishment of our capacity to care for ourselves and to truly care in charity for others that do need our help. Jonathan E. Moore, God bless you, my brother. It's so good to see you. Every time we get together, the discussion is amazing. You bet, Robert. It's a lot of fun. All right. On to Autism One. And remember, the power to heal, even politically, is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. I listen to get accurate, up-to-date information. I've learned so much from him. It is awesome. It's the best entertainment that I've found. You rock the health world. Keep it up. I love you. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. All right, this is like, you know, we're talking about a ghost of medicine. I'd almost call her a, a spoonful of sugar, but the sugar she would recommend would be filled with minerals and not refined at all. She's sweet and light and happy. Our friend Liana Werner Gray returns to the Robert Scott Bell Show with her new book, Anxiety Free with Food. Yeah. Congratulations, Liana. Look at that. How is this possible? Where is that little not snot nosed teenager overcoming cancer in, in the outback of Australia, coming to America, not knowing anybody? And look at you years later. It's an incredible story. It's awesome. Just so, so loved that, that I've been able to watch you on your journey and whatever way we could be a part of it. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Robert. Oh, you have been an awesome part in my journey. I remember that you were my first radio interview in the United States. (laughs) Well, that's kind of crazy to think about that, but uh, had it been someone else, I, you might've run back to Australia. I don't know what would have happened. So I'm glad we, (laughs) we were able to overcome it. And it was a lot of fun. Like I said, the, the sweetness that you carry, the sincerity that you carry. And, and I won't say naivete because it wasn't that, but there's just, there's an element of when you come with a level of innocence and like you look at the world, it should be pure and loving and, you know, and then you enter a, a big, bad world. You go to New York city of all places and you succeed. It's like, wow, the tenacity and strength of spirit. It's amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. I definitely learned very quickly <laughs> And there is there is something uh, about choosing kindness, even though we see all the darkness and the evil that is going on in the world and still choosing to be coming from a loving place and choosing kindness. You know, I prefer to focus on positive, great people like you versus people that are criticizing or attacking online, you know. Well, the thing is, we have to cover some very serious stories as you know on this show we cover health and healing issues all of the time which you know brings to light maybe some darkness of of illness right that we feel like we're not in the light at that moment but the whole goal and role of what i see what we do and bringing you on from time to time is to bring that light back in to give people a a positive direction one that's empowering 
and not just wishful and hopeful, and that's fine to wish and hope, but actual practical and pragmatic options to, to change course like you did in your young life after having been diagnosed with a tumor. So you have a lot of street cred as a young person, still a young person. Look at you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much. People should never give up with a health issue or think that they have to suffer and struggle with the same health issue for years or their entire life. And I know that you believe the same thing. Well, and I, I think about your first book, Liana, which was the Earth Diet, right? And and, and all that, that it brought out. Uh, and it was a you know, obviously a food-based method of recovery that you found in your own life that worked for you. And then you worked on cancer-free with food, which is, you, you did learn about how controversial talking about non-chemical options for cancer could be, as innocent as you were going, hey, I'm just talking about food, right? And then you go, I'm not stopping. We got to deal with anxiety. I was like, how timely is this? Probably when you started writing that book, you didn't realize how timely it would be by the time it came out now. I did not know. No. And I, I signed for this book before the pandemic really happened. And I, um, I just remember thinking like in March, like, okay, I'm so grateful. I, you know, have a project to do this year. And I'm so glad it's anxiety because anxiety stats have gone through the roof. Apparently it's one in three people now are suffering with anxiety versus one in five before. So definitely is a very timely subject. And what's fascinating to me is that anxiety can be reduced immediately. So it doesn't, it's not like, you know, cancer or other health issues where it takes time to heal. Anxiety can, we can heal, we can clear it, reduce it, heal it within seconds, depending on what we put into our mouth. So I discovered all this really cool science on anxiolytic foods. So substances that clear anxiety and then versus anxiogenic foods. So substances that cause anxiety. So at the same time as we can reduce anxiety in a moment, we can also trigger anxiety in any given second, by depending on what we put in there. Depending on the food choice. Now, you know, one of the big uh, food sourced anti-anxiolytic, if I can call it that, things that can reduce anxiety is from the cannabis plant, the cannabidiol specifically. And we've seen it become a godsend for so many dealing with things and, and, and often able to wean themselves off or with the help of a doctor or pharmacist, the drugs that they were relying upon, which were also rife with all kinds of negative effects that are not happening with the CBD, for instance. So just as a first question for your new book on anxiety, free with food, might you cover that topic? I did cover CBD because I did remember a great friend of mine, uh, AKA Robert Scott Bell said, if you don't talk about CBD, then you cannot possibly not be one of the experts <laughs> speaking about anxiety. And that was, it was quite a stern comment. I was like, yeah, he's right. I have to include CBD in the book. You know, CBD cannabis is interesting because so my approach is a bio individual and also I've become a certified nutritionist, Robert, since I last. Yes, congratulations. And you know, you got, you're working with a doctor there in New York. You consult there, which is awesome. You got your white lab coat. It's all so professional. Yeah. And it's uh, so great. So, so my approach is bio individuality, which is like, you know, certain natural things are great and they help a lot of people heal, but then other things don't. So for example, mushrooms, mushrooms are great for some people, but others, their microbiome is just not set for it. So I found the same with cannabis and CBD. Some people it really helps and it can really heal and heal anxiety. Whereas others, like my, one of my sisters, for example, 
she cannot do it. It causes her anxiety. So I found that really interesting. And, and that's why it's always good for people to do their own experiment and see, okay, does this work for me or does this not work for me? Well, and that's the, the, for me, the key to someone who's a genuine healer is, is going to what you just said, bio-individuality, acknowledging that it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, but my goal and role is partly like yours is to kind of put a lot of these things out there for people to be able to discover what will work for them. I can't see everybody individually, but I can certainly get information out so that they can become more informed about their options and then either yeah. work with them with someone to help them or just school themselves in a way that they begin to learn through experimenting with these things in a non-harmful way. And I think your book, Anxiety Free with Food, I sense that that's kind of this almost encyclopedic option of a lot of things that are specific to dealing with anxiety today and food related or food substances that can counteract it and help people not with suppression so much as, a, let's say, a rebalancing of the systems. Yes, exactly. Rebalancing of the systems. And I love how you said experiment. It's exactly that for people to experiment with things like, for example, gluten and dairy are on the controversial list. So gluten and dairy can cause anxiety for some, but others, it's okay, especially dairy. You know, certain people with cancer, they're doing the cottage cheese and flax, the that protocol, and that really works for them. And they're healing their cancer with that, treating their cancer with that. But others, when they consume cheese or dairy, they're getting anxiety. So that's another example of the bio-individual approach. And for anyone listening out there, if a nutritionist or a healer, a naturopath doctor is not giving you that option, like Robert said, it's not, it's not coming from an authentic place because not every supplement is for every person and not every food is for every person. And it's really very individual, which makes it more exciting because you get to learn more about your body and what really resonates with your body. Like, do, are you a coffee person or a chocolate person? <laughs> Usually people are one or the other. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a cacao person, as you know, Robert. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. And you travel with cacao type gifts everywhere you go, including what are, what are those little chocolate uh, balls that you used to make? Remember those? Oh, the little chocolate balls. Oh, yeah. I actually did make some before the show so these are cookie dough oh uh, yeah really you don't have enough to share with everybody <laughs> i know i wish i wish but i put the recipes out that so people can make them at home but these are so delicious with almond flour some tapioca tiger nut flour um these ones are sweetened with dates and then i've got cacao nibs in there with some sea salt and some um, almond butter. You could also do sun butter, a bit of vanilla and some water. So these ones are super clean and these will just calm your nerves within minutes. It's just, it's such a feel good. Makes me happy. Food. Just thinking about it. Now I want some. All right. <laughs> so let's see what else we got in the book here. And by the way, the, the quality is something that you agree. I agree. We agree on that. That's the starting point. We've got to be better about the choices of what we put, not just what we put but the quality of anything we decide to put in our body right and we talk about organic level quality whether it's officially certified or you know it to be as clean or cleaner that's our starting point we can't put polluted toxic foods even if those foods are good for us normally it's the things that come in with them the residues and other things that could diminish the benefit or even create a harmful relationship with something that would have normally been good for us yeah like vegetables for example so people they're always like can't i just go and eat regular vegetables and i say not in america you can't if you're in australia you can get away with it a little bit more europe you can you can eat 
conventional vegetables, but in a little bit, but in um, America, you cannot. And, you know, some of my patients with certain types of cancer, I tell them, well, have you been going to the supermarket buying fruits and vegetables the last decade? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, you could, you know, Google Monsanto cancer case, and you could have a lawsuit. If you can prove that you've been eating fruits and vegetables, conventional fruits and vegetables the last decade, people are getting paid out 700,000 to $1.2 million because they're eating fruits and vegetables that you think would be healthy, but they're totally laden with pesticide, glyphosate, right. toxin, poison, Excuse crazy. Me. That, you know, that's one of the things I've said for people that have come over from other countries and they're used to the food from their own countries. I'm not saying everything's pure everywhere else than America. And, and I know that's not what you're saying, but to some degree, there's a, a little better quality in certain areas beyond the United States and particularly those that come from Asia to America. Uh, and I've noticed that their health changes radically from their youth and you can see it visually on their skin. And I say, you don't realize how toxic the food is con grown conventionally. And until you go back to organic quality food, you're going to be struggling with your health here in the United States. Now, again, I'm not saying it's pure and organic everywhere, but we've got to make better decisions about becoming conscious of that. And that's been certainly part of your journey of discovery and the things you've written about from the earth diet to cancer free with food. Now, anxiety free with food. By the way, we're talking with Leanna Werner Gray, our good friend here on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. And I've got links to her new book in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, Anxiety-Free with Food, Natural Science-Backed Strategies to Relieve Stress and Support Your Mental Health, and of course, also the previous book, Cancer-Free with Food. And she's also got recipe books. It's amazing, Liana, what you have done since coming to America. I don't know. Uh, do they let you back in Australia with the kind of things that you've done? Or they go, oh, no, she's not allowed back in. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you know, I haven't been back since COVID and hopefully I'll be able to go back this year because the quarantine rules are really crazy. But um, yeah, it's I definitely love being in America and all the opportunities and all the organic foods. You know, when I go back to Australia, I miss all of the organic options. We don't have the same variety. And that's why I always tell people, like, if you're in America, it's the greatest place for organic upgrades and alternatives and organic food. So, yeah, it's very... It's very, still very exciting for me to be here. <laughs> yeah. Super Don, uh, you remember you've been on this journey since we brought Leon on. You've always been with us. And mm -hmm. you look at this young lady, what she's grown into. It's extraordinary. Uh, the books now she's writing, the ability to help so many people. And I just think we knew her when. Little Liana. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, ever since what? The Earth Diet, right? Mm-hmm. And Health Freedom Expo and all That's that right. fun stuff we did. Yeah. No, it's yeah. been quite a journey. Uh, you guys are the OG. Super Don, legend. <laughs> That's the organic gangsters? Organic yeah, gangsters. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, I like that, Robert. <laughs> completely You're not cool for saying it. Yeah, completely not cool for saying it the way I said it, of course. So, Liana, tell us what else is jumping out from your book that you'd like to share, because I'd love for everybody in the Robert Scott Bell Show audience to pick up a copy and share it, uh, give gifts, because we need to reduce anxiety, not with drugs, but with substances from the botanical and, and food world. Yes. And your copy is on its way, Robert, as well. So you should get that soon. I'm so excited for you to get 
get that. And so on page 96, this is the supplement section. So I wanted to put not only foods and recipes for people that reduce anxiety, but all the supplements, because it was just fascinating what I found with when you drop a supplement in to your body, how that can help with anxiety immensely. So one of the supplements is colloidal silver, which you talk about all the time. And sovereign silver is my chosen brand as well. It is an amazing product, the highest quality silver in the world. Yeah. And so I share a quote in here from Robert Scott Bell. So, um, okay. So Robert Scott Bell, host of his epic radio show and co-author of Unlock the Power to Heal says, colloidal silver repairs the skin faster than anything else on the planet. There's nothing on earth that causes skin regrowth like colloidal silver. And second place is aloe. And that's why the combination is so great for healing the gut or any wounds. Silver is the great accelerator in tissue regeneration. It works by taking damaged cells out of a damaged state and replacing them with healthy new cells. And that is why silver is a mainstay in burn centers around the world. And I include actually quite a few studies on colloidal silver and why it helps with anxiety. So I do talk about the gut silver... Mm -hmm. aloe silver cleanse in here for the gut which helps the brain and anxiety so thank you robert for contributing to anxiety free with food so what page is that 96 you said that's page 96 okay all right so we got i've got my bookmark now 96 yep and you're also acknowledged with nancy and elijah and ariana on page 331 oh the kids are going to go bonkers they're going to be in a book (laughs) other than their dads (laughs) right that's awesome yeah yeah that's exciting so very excited about about this book and the second half as usual is all the recipes and the first half is all the science and the research especially for people who don't just believe okay you know it comes from the earth it's it obviously has a lot more nutrients per bite per calorie but this is more for people who want to see okay how and why does it really help with anxiety and why certain foods are neuroprotective versus neurotoxic Mm-hmm. Very important. Uh, so have you been getting, uh, uh, again, remembering back to the years ago when you first started to reach out, you probably are a little bit more of a known author now. Do you have access to other shows so you can get the word out on the new book? How's that going? Yeah, this book was easier to promote than any other book because, you know, you build relationships as you go. And so I think it does get easier and easier. People want to help you and you just, you know, make friends with more people. So that definitely helped a lot. And, you know, it just takes a couple friends to post about it and it goes to number one on Amazon. It was number one for popular neuropsychology, number one for neuropsychology, number one for healing. So that was really exciting. So my next question to you is how fast can you get out of New York City? I, it, we've been covering crazy stuff going on in New York. With, with yeah. Is like half the restaurants going out of business? I mean, what's happening on the ground there? I, again, this is also anxiety-related question. I'm concerned yeah. about you and everybody, my, my friends and, and loved ones there in that area. Uh, do you have plans to, uh, in the meantime, reduce the anxiety, but maybe I don't know how we remedy that. Yeah, you know, New York will always recover. New York strong. It's it's always overcome things, but it definitely is a bit a bit sad to see all the businesses go out of business. Um, but there are still a lot of restaurants who are serving, you know, for takeout and stuff like that. Um, I I personally I went to Florida when quarantine was happening, so I got out of New York 
That's you're and, smart. Um, you are a smart girl. That's proof right there. It's, it's proof. It's not a place I want to get stuck. If anything's going down, let's just mm -hmm. say that. So yeah, so we're spending a lot of time in the sun in Florida, and yeah, New York is an interesting place. You know, a lot of people have moved out of New York this year. Yeah, and I got I got out when I was six years old. Was uh, born there, and I I just other than visits, which I've done, we've had some visits, and and I, it was nice seeing you there as well. They're fun, but uh, again, living on an island in that way uh, that has so many rules and regulations, that will ramp up anxiety. I think your book alone should be a bestseller on that little island of Manhattan, if anything else, because the people there have got to be living in anxiety with what's happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's for sure. And just the city is, is a lot of energy as well. So people usually as soon as they just enter the city. Um, yeah, can you feel can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it. It's very intense. So what other uh, tips coming from your book? I'm just curious because I haven't gotten a copy yet and I'm looking forward to getting it. Uh, I'm, I probably are going to learn some things I didn't know because you're, you've become quite an avid researcher in, in the preparation for your books. Yeah, yeah. I really went deep into the research on this. I went down the rabbit hole and this was actually one of my favorite subjects, Robert, to, to research because unlike the Cancer Free with Food book, you know, there's it's really hard to find science that supports foods healing cancer and killing cancer cells, you know, as you know, but I found so much supportive evidence of science showing that foods and natural remedies is actually more effective than medication in regards to anxiety, which we don't find for any other health issue. So when I was seeing these studies that actually was saying, right, like right in front of my face and my eyes. And now it's in the book. It was saying certain foods and natural plants and herbs and remedies are more effective than anxiety medication. I couldn't believe it. I was like, mm. wait, science is agreeing with the natural world for once. Yes. <laughs> so that was a really very exciting. And, you know, one of the reasons for that is that anxiety medications aren't designed to be able to take forever and they have side effects, including suicide. So it's just not, you know, if anyone's on anxiety meds, like the mm -hmm. goal is to get off them. And so I really think with supplementing certain things and eating certain things and cutting certain things out of the diet that are completely anxiogenic will transform somebody's anxiety. Well, Liana, th this time it's almost nobody that, that is not living. It's a double negative. I hear my wife in my ear when I say it that way. But everybody's experiencing levels of anxiety, maybe to some degree unprecedented, you know, we're hearing uh, stories of uh, more homicidal and suicidal ideations and behaviors because of lockdowns and isolation. And, you know, I encourage people, I think it, it's godly to, to come together and uplift one another and, and, and inspire one another and worship together. So, you know, I stand very overtly and, and uh, vociferously against these lockdowns and even uh, based on the science. But, of course, you know, the controversy of doing that today is you risk getting banned by certain platforms. We're our first day of a one week. We're in detention with YouTube right now. Uh, <laughs> in because, detention. Yeah, because we dared question the dogma of the World Health Organization and state departments of health, despite the fact that we have science that's presented on our sides. And in almost every endeavor in science, there's opposing views there's discord there's not uniformity or unanimity in regards to a belief about a, even a scientific study what it reveals and so the free flow of ideas is important because it allows like in your book the opportunity to say oh i learned that let me try that see if it works for me 
and you acknowledging that there is uniqueness in bioindividuality, that there's never a one-size-fits-all approach, but they would have us believe for whatever you believe or anybody believes about what happened in 2020 and what's still happening today, that a one-size-fits-all approach is going to fix the thing. That's absurd. That's just not how it works in the natural world. Yeah, it seems a bit unfair, you know, looking at all of this happening, that they're really forcing this one view, this one agenda, this one science on everyone. And they're not really, they're not obviously not giving a voice to people who are disagreeing or who have other ideas. So, you know, I learned, I'm becoming a citizen, Robert. So I've been learning about the constitution and, you know, our second what the second amendment or was the the freedom of speech is that second amendment was freedom uh, to the right to keep and bear arms first amendment freedom of speech religion assembly Uh, etc first one okay so um you know when i learned that i was like well they're not really i I don't feel like they're giving us freedom of speech right now with like shutting down all these platforms and things like that so you know that it's we're not living up to our high ideals are we Yeah, well, they're not upholding the Constitution, which is a major concern. Yeah, it is. And that is creating more anxiety for for people that normally would like to be carefree and happy to go about the day. You know, most of us are more interested in living a wonderful, loving life and not bothering people. And, and, you know, I think that's part of the reason why, Liana, we're in this situation, because we thought, well, we don't have to mess with them. They disagree with us, but as long as they don't bother, but now they're bothering us. Now they're trying to make us live the way they believe we should all live. And that's where it crosses the line where we do have to stand up and be healthy and strong enough and vital enough to recognize when we're being deceived and willing to know that it is right and correct to defend our rights to life and liberty and property and speech and all of these things that come from God, not government to begin with. And I think our founders in America recognize that they- yes wrote things into the Constitution Bill of Rights, not because they were given to us by those documents, but they were acknowledging pre-existing rights that are ours by virtue of our very existence and creation. Yes, yes. Very well said there, Robert. That's, yeah, it's very, very true. And, you know, I never thought that they would kind of cross the lines, cross the boundaries as much as they have into into this world of, you know, really teaching with education and nutrition interview this morning with a, an oncologist. He, an oncologist you would appreciate and love, Robert. He. Uh, Hold on, we're losing the connection with Liana. Just as we get to some even better stuff. Actually, teaches his cancer <clears throat> patients about nutrition. Okay, so start over again because we were losing some of your words. You're talking about meeting with or having an interview so with an oncologist. Saying, yes, and this. This is an oncologist, because he actually teaches his cancer patients about nutrition. And I asked him, I said, you know, do you think that doctors should, there should be some kind of law in place that if they haven't done a nutrition component in their education, that they are not actually allowed to give any nutrition advice. So when patients ask them for nutrition advice, they should say, you know what, you should go and see a nutritionist or a dietitian, because I actually don't have any expertise in that. And also patients should stop asking doctors for nutrition advice. They're not nutritionists. They actually have no, no place or wisdom or knowledge on it at all, unless they've done some kind of study on it or unless they're a functional doctor. So, you know, it was really refreshing to hear that from a very medical person 
say, yes, I agree. Doctors should have to go through a nutrition training. Recommend the limitations of their training. Exactly. And, and to your point, the people that go see doctors have got to realize the limitations of their training and not ask questions about in areas that they have no expertise in because they're going to get at the very least uh, partial information at the very worst, horribly wrong information. And, and uh, that's going to be not good for anybody in that, in that case. Look, are you, are you able to stick around a little longer, Liana? Sure. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. It's bottom of the hour. Having a great time with our good friend, Liana Werner Gray. We have links up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com to her um, two of her most recent books. Of course, the one that's just out now, Anxiety Free with Food, it hit number one. Uh, and you guys can pop it back at number one. This happens uh, a few times when, when we have authors on. This is fun to see and hear. And Anxiety Free with Food, we have it linked up. Uh, there is a, a, a link right to her Earth Diet page, which goes into a whole lot of things that she's been working on for many years including affirmations. You got biblical quotes as a sport, some of these things and uh, supplement suggestions as such. And uh, we have a link for those of you that do want to buy it on Amazon. It's available everywhere. Uh, we've got the link directly. There's a Kindle version and uh, as well as the paperback and hope you avail yourself to get this information and share it. In the meantime, we're going to take a break and say thanks to our friends at Synergy Science with their key technology that helps protect us from 5G and next generation wireless technologies check it out and we'll be right back i feel lighter and happier already i mean come on really who doesn't with liana werner gray in the house right she's in new york city new york city yeah well we'll get her out of there again but she's wise to the way she left in, before the quarantines and got some florida sunshine which is great love that and the new book anxiety free with food is out and available for everybody everywhere and i hope you'll avail yourself of the information that she's researched for all of our benefits right what do you got there there's the book we see it there it's it is beautiful and yeah. i think you even developed um kind of a, a botanical formula for anxiety because i want to talk about that but also you know maybe you have researched certain causes things that contribute to anxiety that can also you know, without having to even take anything, if you stop doing some of these things, you wouldn't be as anxious. Yeah. So, well, and, and one of the reasons that inspired me to write this topic, Robert, was because I was experiencing anxiety and I was very curious as to where it was coming from. And I thought, is this spiritual, mental, emotional, or physical? Mm -hmm. And I had a feeling that it was a chemistry thing in my brain, just had a, a, a like a, a nudge for that. What's the word for that? A nudge, a, yeah, intuition, yeah, gut nudge. feeling. Okay, good. Nudge, N U D G E, N U N nudge, N U D G E, a nudge, or a nudge. A, some okay, will say good. a nudge. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like an Aboriginal word, a yes. nudge. <laughs> <laughs> I had a nudge, mm -hmm. and so I went and got a blood test done, and sure enough, I was deficient in one of the most like basic things that we need, and if we're deficient in science shows that we will have anxiety. So I was deficient in omega-3 fatty acids. Mm. So this was fascinating to me. And so what I did was started to take fish oil supplements, eat more wild fish, more walnuts, more chia seed, more hemp seed. And within days, I felt so much better. My brain just felt more whole, if that makes sense. Like less oh, totally. anxiety went, it it was crazy. And I thought, wow, like if anxiety can be fixed this quickly, I was like, I need to tell everyone about this. And so now I'm a huge proponent of getting a blood test done once a year for everyone to check their nutritional levels to see if they're deficient in anything, because that's one of the quickest ways to fix a health issue. If you're deficient in something, take some supplements or eat certain foods that will help 
with that. So, so since then I started researching all the other supplements and foods that help with anxiety and incorporating them way more in. So my body, I have to say is like chill. It's super chill. And last year, 2021, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to not be sensitive to people going through a really hard time, but I was the most relaxed I would say I ever have been in my adult life. <laughs> and I think a huge part of it was because I was putting in all these anxiolytic foods that were just keeping my nervous system super chill and very calm, very relaxed. And they're adaptogens. So they help us to cope with stress. So, you know, when stress hits and it hits all of us, every human, we have a better way of coping with it. So I just felt like, I felt like I was on this like superhero food. I was like, pow, there's some stress, pow. Okay, I'm good. And just like kept going. So, so that was like super exciting. And then I wanted to research, okay, what are some of the causes of anxiety? And so the main causes are let's if we're sticking to the nutritional part of anxiety right because some anxiety obviously comes from childhood and trauma and stuff like that but one of them is anxiogenic foods so certain foods cause anxiety another one is nutritional deficiency so if people are deficient in vitamin b's iron iodine selenium fatty acids vitamin d folate zinc and amino acids and magnesium they can have anxiety Um, glycemic glycemic imbalance so foods that are very high on the gi so the ones that put our blood sugar up really high very rapidly that causes anxiety obesity is also a cause for anxiety as well as lack of sleep adrenal burnout or fatigue can cause anxiety drug and alcohol abuse nicotine uh, abuse and constant pressure and stress oxidative stress as well which comes from certain foods we eat, certain foods we eat just stress out the body immediately. Inflammation is another cause for anxiety. So inflammatory foods causes anxiety. Cognitive decline can cause anxiety. Poor gut health. Long periods of fasting can cause anxiety for some, Mm -hmm. not for all. And then antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication causes anxiety, funny enough. Mm -hmm. And then other diseases and suffering. So things like IBS and cancer, chronic pain can cause anxiety. So it's good to just know like, okay, where's my anxiety coming from? And, but I think the easiest way to tell is to do the blood test and see if you're deficient in any nutrients at all. Yeah. Very comprehensive. And, you know, from a non, let's say food cause scenario, we look and you mentioned it too, spiritual issues, right? Not knowing who we are, why we're here, we lack a mission or a purpose in life. I mean, who wouldn't be anxious and even a little depressed if you feel like I don't even I don't know anything about anything, right? And so there's yeah. that aspect of the joy that com- that comes with uh, finding your passion and living it, and also interacting with others. I think we are a social species, and we need to come together to enjoy. Uh, the company of others to to enjoy uh, the arts, the sports, the events to come together and watch or participate. And and so we're having to overcome a lot of anxiety that is artificially induced that goes beyond even the food causes you've talked about because of the, the limitations on our sociability uh, with what's happening. So I think there's a lot of things that that are adding to the, you know, initial anxiety that has been there forever, so to speak. To the points where it's exacerbated because of other things that are occurring. So if you 
do the things, Liana, that you point out in this book and find out the things that most appropriate for each and every one of you, because again, bioindividuality, you'll be much better able to adapt even in temporary, hopefully, albeit temporary circumstances of heightened anxiety, which is what we are sort of in. But you pointed out as you were relating 2020, not to be insensitive, that you had the greatest year in terms of how you felt calm because of the things you took control over that you had genuine control over finding out what was missing and putting it back into your body. And so you were able to adapt and respond to things that would normally maybe put you or other people over the edge. So regardless of our outer circumstances, taking uh, cognizance and seriously, what you put into this book is going to help us get through this, this episode, so to speak, this, this episode in time. Yeah, absolutely. These foods and supplements will help our body cope with stress and things that come up on a daily basis a lot better. It keeps our brain more level-headed, more focused, rather than yeah, tipping them over the edge and just going into a panic. So they're they're very calming foods, but they also help with focus and with the brain, neuroprotective. So now more than ever, people definitely need to take you know, take really good care of the brain for Mm -hmm. sure. And that's why I was telling you before the show, I created my own supplement, my very first product. I'm so excited about it. You know, I always thought my first product would be a chocolate bar. I know we (laughs) talked about it. I was like, uh, we're all for it either way, but looks like you've got something else. Yeah. So, you know, when I started researching for the book, I got so excited about all the supplements. So I was taking like 25 different supplements for anxiety. And um, I thought, okay, this is a lot. This is way too many supplements. So I was like, let me put it all together in one formula. And then I created my own formula. So it has 10 organic ingredients and I've been taking it since March. It's not out yet. It comes out in a few weeks. And it is amazing. So it has a mixture of things that are, well, they're all anti-inflammatory. They're all immune boosting. They all help brain focus. They help to, they're all anxiolytic. They help to reduce anxiety. Very, very powerful. This is what it looks like. Anxiety-free supplements. Nice. And so it'll be available where and when? It'll be available on Vitacost in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to do an exclusive with Vitacost for a few months and then I'll sell it on my website and, and go from there. Now you were talking to me before we went to air about this, that you insisted that the quality of the ingredients had to be organic. And because of that, it probably tripled the price of what it would cost, which most people in business would say, that's insane. Don't do that. People aren't going to care enough. But to your credit and your integrity, you said, no, I'm not putting out a product that is not clean enough for me to take every day, much less anybody else that would want to. So you had to reformulate based on availability of what would meet that quality level. Yes, exactly. How the supplements started out is very different to how they are now because um, yeah, now they're all a hundred percent organic and even the bottle had to be BPA free and it did raise the price of the supplements like a lot. Originally I wanted to sell them for $15 so that anyone could afford it, but it just isn't possible now because, you know, I put all of the organic ingredients in. So now it's twenty three ninety five, still very reasonable. And yeah, it had to be all organic. So that meant taking out some of the ingredients that I initially wanted to put in that help with anxiety, but we weren't able to source them organic. So I just kept those, kept those out. And yeah, so I came up with these top 10, which, you know, I had some consulting with a medical doctor and also a pharmacist of 20 years. So, or 40 years. Um, So these ingredients are ashwagandha number one, 
So very good, very and adaptogenic. Adaptogenic, yep. So I love taking that every day. I just feel so much stronger when I take ashwagandha every day. It's so powerful. The second ingredient is spirulina. And you know how I feel about taking greens every day. So this is one way that people can have greens every day. And the supplements are green as well, the powder. And then the also spirulina has the good fats. So those good fatty acids for the brain and some good protein as well. Some turmeric. So turmeric is just awesome. Anti-inflammatory flaxseed. So that's for the omegas. I wanted to keep this a, a vegan supplement, just keep it, you know, animal free at this time. So I put flaxseed in instead of fish oil and then echinacea, another great one for boosting the immune system and then chlorella. So another green, very powerful green. And then Swissandra. Have you heard of this one? Shizandra? Yes. That's a, you could say Swissandra with an S or Swissandra. Yeah. So little potent berries that are very high in antioxidants and mm-hmm. have been used for a long time for reducing anxiety and then ginkgo. So that's a form of ginseng. So Mm -hmm. that one helps to relieve anxiety and see none of these will make people feel super tired. It'll give people that calming effect while also keep making them feel energized and like super focused. And then bilberry, which is like a bush blueberry. Love that had to get something, you know, a bit indigenous in there and then celery as well. So celery is just super hydrating and something for you know something good for people to consume on a daily basis so and and you've been putting it to the test for how long yourself i've been taking these since march all right and again we'll look forward to when they're out so people can try it and get get the feedback on that and have another organic quality supplement that uh, can help them deal with anxiety and other things this is great yeah, thanks, Robert. I'm excited. I'm excited. I um, would love to send you some, you know, see if they're Robert Scott Bell approved. Hopefully they are. But there's no way I could have not put out an organic, you know, very high quality, one of the most high quality supplements because, you know, I was thinking Robert Scott Bell and Max Goldberg, you know, in the in the industry, they would just they would just like tear me down. I was like, nope, I All have, right. to, have what, to. What have they done with Liana? Where are they? No, that didn't happen. You stay true to integrity what you know is right correct and true and that's why another reason why we love you and appreciate you thank you robert yeah at the end of the day that's what matters most Mm -hmm. so we have a good news story on top of good news stories today and liana you're here for it uh this is out of mexico super don i think found this check it out y'all mexico decrees a ban on gmo corn and monsanto's glyphosate weed killer i'm like what this is huge mexico's president Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador has rung in the new year by decreeing an end to the use of glyphosate. That's the active ingredient in Roundup. Uh, and also ordering the phase out of genetically modified corn for use in the food industry with both goals to be realized by January 2024. Uh, that's not like, uh, you know, when we heard Whole Foods will, will uh, pull those things out by 2020. Of course, they never did. This seems like a more uh, intense. I, I think it's a rapid time frame for a whole country to do that. But if this stands, this is this is big news. This is great news, Liana. Have you heard about this? I did. I actually posted it to my stories yesterday mm-hmm. because I saw Max Goldberg posted it. And Max Goldberg is he's an organic insider. He writes at Organic Insider. Um, he seems to be, you know, you and him seem to be one of the first to put out all this really 
cool information of what's cutting edge and leading mm -hmm. in the industry. And France, I saw France also did something similar recently. So yeah, I was so stoked to see the Mexico thing. At first I thought it was, I wasn't sure if it was fake news mm -hmm. because, you know. We're, we're a bit cynical on some of these stories, Liana, honestly, because you, you hear them and you're like, oh, I wish that that would really happen. Is it real? And so I'm reluctant to just jump on it and go, oh, this is happening. So I'm glad to hear that Max put it out. You also put it out. Superdon found it. And, uh, you know, maybe we could follow up on what they're doing in Mexico here in the United States. That would be wonderful. It's such great news. So happy. Go Mexico. And in the meantime, we can each make the choice to not eat glyphosate-containing foods, to stop using Roundup or eating food that is desiccated and round, you know, basically glyphosate to, to ripen it and bring it to market. Even if it's labeled GMO free, it could still have glyphosate residues on it. Uh, we learned, of course, from our friend Jeffrey Smith for many years. He's been warning us about that. And by making these choices to go organic, you're not waiting for the president of any nation, Mexico or otherwise, to make these decisions. You're making it for yourself. And inevitably, we've also seen the economic repercussions to those companies that wanted to get it cheap and fast and chemical they didn't care that the tipping point has happened where you have major food producers on the planet saying we're gmo free now whether it's true or not it means that it is because not of government action but the people said uh, -uh we don't want it and then they had to respond and react so we continue to drive that by making better choices each and every one of us yeah, and it is going to take each and every one of us. And that's why most of this work, I think, is encouraging each person to rise up and to become, you know, to, to get their, that inner strength and become very courageous because that's what it's going to take. A revolution takes people standing up and it's it's kind of a backyard project. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. Well, look, I know this stuff, the change doesn't happen often overnight. There may be that hundredth monkey scenario where everybody suddenly wakes up to a, to a subject that you and I and others have been talking about for many years, but it doesn't, I believe happen by magic. Some people think it's just magic. No, no, it happens because of the people who have been speaking consistently and helping people and teaching people and empowering people over many years. And then that transformation occurs like it happened overnight. You know, it's like Liana, if people just met you now, they don't know that you toiled for many years maybe in obscurity to some degree to become an overnight sensation, right? That's not how it happened. You worked, years. <laughs> right? You've been working hard at this and, and struggling from time to time and overcoming a lot of things thrown in your path. There are times where it looks bleak. It's like, how am I going to do this? And here you are. And, and it shows again, the, the spirit of tenacity, uh, you know, the willingness to not give up when it becomes a little too difficult. Right. And, and of course your story to begin with way, way back in the earth diet years, was about how you overcame a diagnosis of cancer that, you know, would often send people scurrying to chemotherapy and radiation and surgery instead of the, the path you chose. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I think I just made a choice from early on that no matter what came in my path or no matter how hard life got was that, you know, we actually have no choice but to, to overcome it and keep going. Otherwise, we just won't have a good life. So we really don't have a choice. And I think that kind of gives people some permission to accept the challenges as they're coming, not think, oh, I shouldn't be having these challenges. In instead, think, you know, there are challenges in life. This is normal. And just to overcome them and keep going. 
And there's a, a really cool, I posted this on Christmas. Um, this kind of gives us permission that, because I think some people when I'm working with them, they're like, well, maybe I do have to suffer with this health issue, or maybe I do have to accept that I have anxiety because, you know, I've, I've done, made these poor choices in my life. So they kind of accept it. Um, but this, this quote is, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And this is in the um, Philippians 4, 6, 7. So this is a biblical quote. So do not be anxious about everything. So the idea is that we aren't meant to be anxious. We're just meant to like give up all of our, our stress and our pressures and our pains and not let that sit in our body. Yeah, I see the quote also on the website at theearthdiet.com. It's linked up. You can scroll and see it. And I was going to add to that mix. You know, you're, you're very uh, athletic and active. That's a big part of uh, managing stress and anxiety. Uh, and also contemplative, prayerful meditation. Quiet time is also important in that regard. Yeah, for sure. It's all of it. And it's been a very well-rounded person and and wanting to, I guess, succeed in all areas of life, relationship, career, finances, health, wealth. Yes. And I love being active. I love the outdoors, love going snowboarding with you guys. <laughs> um, two years ago today, what we were in the salt cave in Redmond and yeah. looking at real salt. That was awesome. What, 500 feet underground. That was so cool. Yeah. And then we went up at Sundance and, uh, uh, the kids snowboarded with you and, and I tried to ski a little. I'm now better at it. So having gone on New Year's Day and uh, I want to thank Allison, our friend, uh, for connecting us with a great, great New Year's Day special kind of it was an extended birthday for my son. Elijah now is 21. If you can imagine, that's just wow. crazy to think about that. And uh, we had a great time. So we're looking forward to another uh, snow type visit with you and uh leanna they're super done wrapping it up i know we're about out of time super d any uh last questions comments before we wrap it up for our audience no just a lot of excited people here in the chat room so and people who've ordered the book people are typing in there ah, i just ordered the book so a lot of people looking forward to reading this awesome awesome and uh we'll look forward leanna to get you back on hopefully sooner than later with uh things as they continue to evolve on the anxiety issues that we're all covering every day and look forward to talking more about your formula, trying that out and uh, doing some more skiing and eating some more of the uh, chocolate dough balls, whatever those things are. It sounds good, Robert. Thank you so much for having me on. Life is good. That's for sure. And yep, look forward to having some cookie dough balls with you soon. And you too, Super Don. <laughs> yep. And as long as you're still breathing, find time for fun in 2021. 